0: This is Verse Curious, the podcast of new poetry reviews. I'm Benjamin Landry. Taken down from the bookshelf today is Ask the Brindled by Nau Revilla, published by Milkweed Editions in June 2022. Revilla is a native Hawaiian queer poet, and her collection is vibrant with place and language. The collection's first poem, Mauna Kea, details the mythological history and devotional practice relating to Hawai'i's tallest and most sacred volcano. The poem speaker declares Inside me two seeds, one planted in my throat, a dark highway fingered by a kua moonlight, the other seed raised in a fist of bright veins. Mauna Kea's most recent eruption is estimated to have occurred about four thousand years ago. The spirit of fire and creation is coiled in it like the seed. The water associated with the mountain, which sits just below the summit in Lake Waiao, is considered healing. And the poem follows a pilgrimage. Trucks still carry medicine, folding tables, and hot food. Water, 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 and the faithful still drive the dark highway to Kiala Hulu Kapuna. The poem operates on the tension between the seed and the water, and the way the whole collection hangs on that dramatic moment before mixture and consummation. Ravilla places herself in the tapestry of her belief system identifying with the ma'o, or shape-shifting, female water protector lizard deity. Ravilla traces her shape-shifting through her grandmother, who relays stories of threatened water and shed skins. Does it always hurt like this? We ask. The black o her mouth makes tells us our land has changed forever. The grandmother answers, What do you think happens after? Do you think skin stays skin just because it was skin to you? I like that Ravilla's poetry celebrates indeterminacy. When the grandmother answers a question with a question, she underscores that the best we can hope for in this indeterminate life is to brave the situation in the company of those who love us. When Ravilla investigates Ma'o directly in the poem Eggs, we get a sense that she is laying out her own biography. There was once a girl with eggs in her eyes, hard shell, her. They said she was really a lizard. Ma'o is a useful story for Ravilla, who recalls her early realization of queerness and He Ma'o, He Wakine, a concrete poem written in a range of font size and grayscale. The poem is about the tensions between ancestry and chosen family, queerness and survivance, and ending in a refrain of She He shihi, he, shihi. He, she he, she he. Generally, I find concrete treatments cheesy, but this one works, in that the grayscale words operate as a chorus of proffered social judgment turned acceptance. It makes sense that this poem speaks in multiple registers at once, justifying its formal risk. Later, the grandmother recalls the danger of being a lizard passing for a woman. "'Watch out,' she tells me, dropping her wrinkled hands into her lap. "'The ones with the eyes.' Sometimes they're worse. They know where you hide your tail, duct-taped to your thigh, beneath your dress, throbbing. Only they can say, I love you. They who see what happens at night when the dress comes off. They who see and do not run. This story of Ma'o supports a generally queer and a specifically transgender reading, one in which the danger, refreshingly, is of love rather than physical violence. Revilla's poems are rollicking and righteous. The sex is joyous and unstinting, a balm for the history of colonization and oppression in all forms. Do you understand, Revilla writes, what I mean when I say swallowscape, how I eat one world at a time, kick my pants off, brace myself like a hurt animal on all fours, mean it each time you fling your hips toward night like bones to a monster. There are poems about romantic heartbreak, but Ravilla is so enthralled with being alive in her body in the world that these disappointments register lightly. What strikes more woundingly is the rejection Ravilla faces, presumably in response to her queerness. When I sleep with a new woman, my mother whispers fetus into her fingers and sews my mouth shut. But the daughter is not the fetus, which the mother wishes to take back. When I dream of women and wire, it means I fuck like a woman at war with her body. Where is my rope? I am witch. I am island. Or am I a love story poorly translated, fetus eating with a face to memorize? Mother, I am the myth bitch you dream about. Even if the mother cannot bring herself to accept her daughter, she is all she thinks about. The poems in Ask the Brindled are most concerned with language as a means of sustenance. In Welcome to the Gut House, a girl is kept in bed, surrounded by mosquito nets and women who take turns binding her wound. Language offers peace and recovery. My aunties and cousins point the way to a corner bedroom. This poem. My sister is closing the mosquito net. The notion that meaning-making is curative is nothing new but it is noteworthy in a collection whose project struggles against cultural hegemony. The poem, with the deliberately cumbersome title, when you say protesters instead of protectors, notes the contested nature of language and refuses to cede ground. In your mouth even womb is wound. We are, yet again, portrayed by you, the girl, the native, the water, the mountain who was asking for it. So it's best I keep hiding knives in my hair the way my grandmother intended. It is at once a personal cry, a condemnation of rape culture, and an environmental plea. One of the very few missteps in Ask the Brindled is its use of erasure. Erasures must be generative, in including much of the original text, it must discover new readings and relationships between and among the remaining words. Too many of the ones included here merely highlight what is nascent in the original text with added space. The result is closer to emphasis than recreation, which is unfortunate considering how innovative Revilla is elsewhere in the collection. On the whole, though, Ask the Brindled is an exclamation of a debut. Why do we need this poetry now? The poems in Ask the Brindled are varied and polyphonic, brave in their questioning and unrelenting in their self-directed moments. These are palms which, in their fierce beauty, argue for the earth and secure places within it for all varieties of desire and affection. We need this celebratory truth-speaking now, especially when so many of our institutions seem to be on the precipice of reverting to their fearful, backward-looking incarnations. That's it for this episode of First Curious. Much gratitude to Deborah Sidel for our theme music, with production assistance from Ryan Miller. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share, and consider donating via the button on the Verse Curious Red Circle homepage with my thanks in advance. See you next time.